the words from the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Reflecting on this verse, I can't help but think John always has to be different, doesn't he? I mean, John, the gospel writer, is the reason we have a category called synoptic gospels. The synoptics are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's the other three. (laughs) They're in a category of their own, and and John is different. And he's no different today. He's no different on Christmas, whereas Luke and Matthew tell a story of a betrothal and a journey and a birth as their beginning. John kind of one-ups them. Like It's almost as if John says to the others, oh, (laughs) we're supposed to tell the story of the beginning of Jesus, and you guys are starting at his birth? Watch this. Dermot McCullough says in his biography of Christianity, the evangelist John's gospel narrative of Jesus the Christ has no Christmas stable. It opens with a chant or hymn in which word is a Greek word, logos. Logos means not so much a single particle of speech, but the whole act of speech or the the thought behind the speech. And from there, its meaning spill outward into conversation, narrative, musing, meaning, reason, report, rumor, even pretense. This logos means far more than simply word. Logos is the story itself. And that's how John begins his version of events. In the beginning was the word, the logos, the story, the narrative, the very incarnation of love, of beauty, of Christos. And if John's goal was to one-up the other gospel writers, I'd say he nailed it. John takes the Hebrew creation story, Genesis, in the beginning, God created. And he takes the philosophical Greek word, logos, according to one philosopher, an underlying cosmic principle of order and proportion in the universe. He takes those two things and he marries them together. In the beginning, the logos, the word was with God and the word was God. The logos became incarnate became flesh and blood, became one of us. And what John does with the Logos is simply another way to explain what has happened today, what has occurred. The Methodist hymn writer and professor Lawrence Stuckey says it like this, the marvel 
is that the creator of the cosmos comes as creature for the purpose of setting right all that has gone wrong on this tiny planet. The wonder is that the eternal one who can be neither created nor destroyed willingly becomes subject both to birth and to death. And as Eugene Peterson says, the logos, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood to be with us. And what does that, what does that mean for us? What does that mean for the world? Well, John describes just what the incarnation means with the images of light and dark. You heard the NRSV earlier. This is how the New English translation tells the story. All that came to be was alive with his life. And that life was the light of all humanity. The light shines on in the dark. Listen to this. And the darkness has never quenched it. This isn't the only place John uses light and darkness. For Jesus and for John, light is the main point, one of the main points of the Logos coming to earth. The main metaphor, John chapter 8, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 9, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. John chapter 12, I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me should not remain in darkness. I do not judge anyone who hears my words and does not keep them, for I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. I am the light. Jesus, the Logos, the Christ is the light, and the light came into the world. Not in the way or the manner that any would imagine. No, the light came into the world in the darkest time of the year, in the midst of the shortest days, when it gets colder and darker. The light came into the world when the change in light and season causes people to be shorter with one another, when people fall into sadness and grief and depression much easier than any other time of the year. Jesus was the light in the beginning, and the light was born into the world to a couple who were far from home and experiencing whispers of scandal behind their backs. The light came into the world on a cold and dark night, and the first people to hear of it were not the rich and the wealthy, the well-to-do and the informed. It was the shepherds watching sheep in the dark of the night. The light was born into the world, and when nothing but stars could be seen, clouds of light and fire formed into the sky over the shepherds. Bright light as day appeared and announced to the darkness that the light was here. And from that moment, the dark's days were numbered. And that's the point, I think, of John's universe-sized alternate intro of the nativity. There is a logos, a word that has been present since before the beginning. This word is light, and that light is in the world now. Just like in Genesis, just like in the beginning, when light bursts forth and darkness and chaos are pushed out of the picture, there is light in the world now. And that light is infectious and it is real and it is already shining and the darkness is already passing away. One of my favorite images of this light, there's a recent show on, and I don't know if you've seen it, it's called The Chosen. Uh, it's, a, it's a Jesus show. It's about Jesus and the disciples, but it's told in a really unique way, I think. Uh, 
And, and it's a pretty cool lens. It's well done, and I haven't seen all of it. So I, can't, I don't know if I'm recommending something great or not. But the pilot episode that they created at the very beginning is called The Shepherd. And it's free on YouTube. It's maybe 18, 20 minutes. I invite all of you to check it out. The Shepherd tells a story of Advent from the perspective of a group of shepherds who are responsible for raising sheep for slaughter at the temple. And throughout this episode, you watch as these shepherds live their regular routine, while kind of in the background, the nativity story is taking place. You see Mary and Joseph occasionally trying to find a place to stay. You meet them, and you know what's happening there, but the point, the focus, is on the shepherds. And at one point in the story, as the baby is born in a stable, spoiler alert, it's the birth of Jesus, as the birth of Jesus is occurring, the shepherds are in a field. And all of a sudden, the fire goes out. The torches go out. Things go silent. And it's dark. And the wind begins to pick up. There's nothing but darkness and then it happens. And the camera doesn't reveal angels. You don't see the sky. You don't hear songs or hymns. The focus remains on the shepherds. And all you see is their faces look up. And there's nothing but the reflection of the brightest light you've ever seen on their faces. It's that bright light and it causes them to kneel and to hide their faces. They've never seen something that bright before. And through the rest of this short film, the shepherds become driven by the light. They're changed. The announcement of light in the darkness has changed everything. And they become reflectors of that same light that they have just witnessed. There's a song by John Mark McMillan. It's a Christmas song called Baby Son, and there's a verse in there that goes like this. Have you no room inside your heart? The in is full, the out is dark, but upon profane shines sacred sun. Not ashamed to be one of us. And that sacred sun, that bright light, changes everything. I've got one more thing, and I'll be finished. Theologian and writer David Lowe's has this to say about today. John's verses about light coming into the darkness, Jesus coming into our world, remind us that Christmas isn't just a season, it's it's a way of life. Christmas isn't over when we reach Epiphany, it's only newly launched once again. And while the season may pass, the hope and life and light it promises are just beginning, and they change everything. So perhaps the opportunity before us is to treat today as the first Sunday of a year where we emulate and actualize God's activity to come among us in grace, mercy, and love that the light might continue shining on even in the darkest of places, that we might be reflections of the brightest light there's ever been. And if so, then I think Howard Thurman's wonderful poem, The Work of Christmas, might be a fit accompaniment to John's prologue. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flocks, the work of Christmas begins. (laughs) To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, 
to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among the people, to make music in the heart, to share light in the darkness. For the Logos, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has never and will never overcome it. Let us pray. Gracious God, for, for today, for this morning, we are thankful for your light that shines in the darkness. May that light continue to take root in our hearts that we might be reflections of the brightest light we've ever experienced because, God, it is in that light, it is in your Son, it is in the incarnation that we are changed. And that change, that light changes everything. In Jesus' name, amen.